this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Bomb Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name is Amino Hassan. We got a great show lined up for you today. Before we start, I just want to remind everybody, if you're not a Patreon, go ahead and sign up. Patreon.com slash count the dings. You'll get a bunch of exclusive content, overflow content from Bomb, Cinephobe, extra episodes. We got all types of cool shit over there. So definitely make sure you're a Patreon. Patreon.com slash count the dings today though on the main show man do we have a good one we're joined by special guest justin tinsley from the undefeated and espn he's here to talk with us about hulu's new hip-hop documentary hip-hop uncovered it details the connections from the streets to the uh music game we're also going to talk about judas and the black messiah the new movie out on hbo max Sorry, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, they both kill it. And you know what? I'm going to go off on Dave Chappelle some more. Yeah, I said it. I ain't happy about it. Without any further ado, let's get to the show. Tune in today at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're doing Growing Up the Same on the Stereo app. That's right. Me and Jay Skills are doing the question and answers. So have your questions ready. Follow me on the Stereo app, stereo.com forward slash Trayvon. And be sure to turn on notifications to catch next time I'm on live shows. talking about this before you came on uh i was reading your your article your write-up and midway through i'm like yo this hasn't happened yet in the doc because we've only got the first <laughs> two episodes this thing is giving away spoilers and so yeah. y'all need a spoiler alert or something on there yeah yeah that, i 
that was my fault. You know, players players fuck up too. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's absolutely a, it's a really great documentary because it talks about hip hop from a perspective as to where you don't really get that side of it too much. It's all it's all mostly hearsay. And in, in particular with Haitian Jack's story on the story that I wrote, we've always heard about his story just from like, you know, second party type sources. Or, right. you know, a lot of people really just know him through his affiliation with Tupac. But uh what that what that does what that does in, in a great manner is allow him to tell his story. Now is he gonna embellishing parts probably so i i don't know which parts maybe all of it maybe maybe some of it i don't know but it is fascinating to hear like this like this hip-hop boogeyman actually yeah. tell his own story yeah that's that's an excellent way to put it and, and was i was asking you right before we came on because i like i know of him as like a, a stick-up kid basically a dude who, who a bad guy right? right but i never understood what was his actual connection to music right in a way that i knew what deb's connection to music was i knew what uh obviously trick trick is an artist as well so we knew kind of how that bled into music but i never knew like what what was haitian jack's connection and was you told me it, it wasn't no connection other than them knowing pot that's it just you know just being a dude in the so on the scene if you will right like when when you go to a nightclub a hip-hop spot who's in there like buying the champagne and and spending the money it's either successful artists or street dudes that's basically mm -hmm. the two types of people that are at spots right and so when you're rubbing elbows and you're meeting these people he got down with Pac and you know everybody from who's still alive from junior mafia um, will tell the story of like, yeah, Big and Pac were friends. Mm -hmm. um, Big told Tupac, like, yo, bro, that dude that you're messing with right. <laughs> is a problem. Mm -hmm. Don't right. want to mess with him. Don't, don't get involved with that dude. He's a problem because, and he's so strong in the streets, there's nothing anybody's going to do about it. Because like, people are just like, look, I'm not going to go to war on behalf of Tupac with this dude. Like, that's on them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. It's like, this is a serious, serious dude. But, you know, from the little Amazon doc that I had seen way, way, I feel like I watched this very early on in the pandemic randomly um, <laughs> before bed one night. I watched the Amazon joint and I don't even remember what it's called. But basically, you know, he's on there telling a very um, beneficial to him type of story, right? Like, Oh, I had nothing to do with it. I only messed, like, you know, street stuff was only with street people. I didn't rob people, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, everybody knows him and Jimmy Henchman were doing awful things to people around That's, that I mean, time. I didn't say yeah. I didn't rob people. That's all he did. <laughs> yeah, he was a stick up kid from Brooklyn, man. Like, you know, Was that y'all first time seeing him? Mm-mm. I've yeah. seen I've never seen or heard him. I knew of him, but I never yeah. That was my first time, and I was like, "Wow, my man's got an ascot on." I didn't, I didn't expect this legendary, like, stick-up dude to just. I mean, listen, I've had an ascot on a day or two. I'm not coming to anybody with ascots, um, but I don't expect the the legendary, like you said, the legendary boogeyman to be chilling in the well, this amazing crib, which I assumed was his, with mm -hmm. an ascot on. Like, I just kind of threw me. Yeah. <laughs> See, I guess that didn't really shock me too much because I'm famous for going on like YouTube rabbit holes. And that's how I found like that same documentary wise. And I'm like, 
what is this an hour long and it's like a Haitian Jack like what is this and I'm over right. he's like sitting at like a, a beach bar smoking a, a resort, cigar yeah, yeah uh-huh. resort type thing I'm mm-hmm. like and I'm like wow man this dude's story is is it's crazy but as as you just said he has the ben- he has the benefit of being able to tell his side of the story when at least you know his story isn't isn't completely Tupac Shakur but like that is largely why a lot of people knew of him and you know the other that other party has been dead almost a quarter century now so you know but he it's wild how they they actually came to you know within the same universe you know the whole Madonna connection which it'll get to in there um but we speak about Biggie telling him like yo fam like you because it was it was actually at a uh and this isn't in the documentary. It's just like, I just, I read everything right. I can about this type of stuff. And I'm just a nut on it when it comes to this. But uh, it was at Biggie's, uh, I believe it was Ready to Die release party in New York. And so obviously Big's there, of course, Puff's there. And Pop comes through there. And, but I believe Jack was there that night as well. But see, the thing was like, this was uh, uh, probably about two months before the quad shooting. Right. And like Tupac didn't acknowledge Jack in the club, which in the streets is kind of like, how are you not going to acknowledge me? Like, even e- even if we beef and you still got to give me a head nod, like right. Pac would just like look by him. And like that was kind of like, you know, some unwritten rule, like what you don't do in the streets. And at the same time from prison, Mike Tyson is telling Tupac, yo, that's you, all the wild shit. <laughs> yeah, you you are, dog, you got Biggie Smalls and Mike Tyson as Brooklyn as Brooklyn can get. You know what I mean? Telling you, fam, you out of your league with this. But you know, by that point, like Tupac was so deep within a game that he could not get out of. I mean, the whole character in Above the Rim was allegedly Haitian, Haitian Jack. Mm. You know? Wow. Word. Yeah. That's, and it's crazy. You know, that and that again, was the part where I stopped reading. When Tiz was like, he, like Tupac based his whole swagger and his demeanor off of Asian Jack, I was like, all right, this never came up in the doc. I got to stop right now. But but this, the cool thing is episode three gets to basically the, the bulk of all of that. So you. you ain't got to wait too much longer for that. So Tins, what would you say is the, the, the primary goal of the doc? Like, what is the doc trying to teach us about that moment, these people? What are they trying to say about that time? I think it was it, what I what I took from it is, you know, a lot of people see hip hop, especially nowadays, is like this multi-billion dollar conglomerate. It's got mm-hmm. like a, a a pop feel to it. But as you know, all of us know on this phone call right now, like at the root of it all, like you can you cannot tell the story of hip hop without talking about its connection to the streets because that's where it came from. And and a lot of these, a lot of these, especially early acts, especially you know, acts in the 80s, whether it be your LL Cool J's, Run DMC's, you know, uh, Eric B and Rakim's, like, you can directly trace, you know, that, local uh, local drug dealers and, and their influence on it. The, it's, it. I feel like watching it was, I felt so, uh, like, ignorant. Like, the back of uh, Paid in Full, Eric B and Rakim, yeah. the back cover, it's literally them and, and all these drug dealers, man, like, the yeah. actual street dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's out there. I thought they were their boys and shit. Like, no, these are the actual guys that, they, like, yeah, that, that mean, was running. We just, we just saw what's his name, uh, Michael Harris get out of prison. Harry O. He was the one yeah. that basically mm-hmm. gave Suge the money to start. Receive money for death row. Yeah. Right. So Donald like, Trump you know. freed the person who gave Suge Knight the seed money for I, death row. 
That is incredible. I'm a terrible hip hop connoisseur. I knew, none, like, I'll be honest with y'all. I know I knew none of the stuff y'all talking about right now. I had no idea who, what's her name? Uh, Deb? Deb? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no idea. Yeah, I didn't Deb realize Deb, that. Man. I didn't realize no. that's who baby, like, that's who baby owes all that money to. Had no idea. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Uh, what's her brother? Bimmy. Bimmy. Yeah. See, now, I, I didn't know. Bimmy's, like, here's the thing. I Bimmy's knew Bimmy. Bimmy's yeah. a street. Like, Bimmy's another one. Like, oh, yeah, Supreme Team and all that shit. But when they showed the late show, uh, the Tonight Show or whatever, performance, and he's on stage, I'm like, this nigga was there. Like, I just, <laughs> I never, I never knew. I, like, I straight up, like, it's one thing was to say, oh, yeah, Harry O gave the seed money to start death row. It's another thing was like, that motherfucker was in the video? Or what, like you know, like or like you know, that motherfucker was in the back cover of the album. This motherfucker was on the Tonight Show, like not not <laughs> not in Long Beach, not the Long Beach yeah. concert, like on the Tonight Show in front of the white folk. That's crazy. And he's just there, he's just chilling. And even uh, DMC says, like when they're about to go on the Raising Hell tour, Beam's like, "Yo, let me hit you. Yo, you think uh, you think I could go with you guys?" And, and DMC's like, you're a bimmy, you do whatever the fuck you want, man. Like, why do you have permission? I mean, permission. Yeah, this motherfucker running the streets and shit. So, so like, that's the stuff it's, that it's interesting because anytime you talk to I would talk to older people in my neighborhood, they would basically, especially in Hollis and in Queens, they would basically say the same thing. Nobody wanted to be like a rapper. If anything, the DJ got a lot of respect, but nobody mm. wanted to yeah. be like a rapper, dress like a rapper, walk like a rapper. The most influential people were the hustlers, were the street people. The reason why you saw those dudes wearing um dookie rope chains, because that's what hustlers wore. Right. The four finger rings, that's what hustlers wore. The people who was getting money in the neighborhood, who yep. had the fanciest cars, obviously, were the people who was selling crap. <laughs> well, you know, you know, was yeah. the funny thing is even in the doc they mentioned is that the early rappers these niggas were wearing costumes like p-funk right exactly so, yeah so that's like that's a big part of run dmc's early popularity was like oh they dress regular they dress or right. not regular they dress like us right but by us they were dressing like the the neighborhood drug dealers with the rope chains and the black suits and the fedoras and all that so mm-hmm. it is it, it's crazy how direct of an influence it was way more than I think people realize. Uh, yeah. Tiz, let, let me ask you, though, because it kind of centers, the conversation centers around Deb and Bimmy on Big U out on the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, Haitian Jack down in, uh, uh, well, I guess now he's down in Dominican, yeah. and Trick Trick, and through two episodes, it's been real light on Trick Trick. Like, yeah. we see a lot of Big U shit, yeah. we see a lot of Anthony family shit, we see a lot of Haitian Jack like trick trick is just like some funny ass quotes and then yeah. and then we're out does that change at all later on yeah. in the doc they they definitely get into more of trick trick story like later on and i believe maybe like episode four episode five but yeah starting off he he's kind of he's kind of more known for like that one liner and then they go to yeah. like another like he's funny he's the funniest he's funny one as hell. On, yeah. he's the funniest he's, one on the show hands down yeah hands down but uh you know, I, I really enjoyed it, too, because I didn't know too much. Obviously, I knew about Bimmy and the Supreme team, but he he felt like the the most humanizing character within, without the whole doc, throughout the trick, whole trick. document. 
No, not, not even Trip Trip, but Bimmy. Like Ooh. when Bimmy, oh, Bimmy, yeah. Yeah, when yeah, Bimmy yeah. talks about his story, because I didn't know too much about him other than uh, you know, the Def Jam affiliation, uh, Supreme team, but I I, I really I really enjoyed his, his story as well. But yeah, you yeah. get the trick trick more a little bit later. And uh but yeah, the next episode it, it, the, it, the, it, you got Jack. So the there's no a, flies there's a, on. Um yep. there's a podcast um called um Flip the Script. Yep. With Queen's Flip and my man G Money. G mm-hmm. Money actually went to Holy Cross with Eve um and hooped that Holy right, okay. Cross. Um uh I mean ironically, mm-hmm. and he's the co-host of this podcast. And what what's, they do is what's his government name? Gary. Gary. Um, what the, what they do is they basically chronicle street culture of New York City, right? Like a bunch mm-hmm. of people who just came home, like people who was getting money in the right. 80s. And Bimmy did an episode. And I watched that episode, and bruh, like the dude's life is just so real. Oh, <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's like facts. Facts. his life is just so crazy. Um, and so real. So I would I would encourage people who are listening to this, yeah, please go seek out the flip the script podcast, watch the Bimmy episode. You'll get an you'll get an even better idea of what type of cat he is, right? Like, you know, if if 50 Cent respects your street aptitude. You know you're a serious right. person. <laughs> and and I, I feel like, you know, if you watch the documentary, if you know anything about Bimmy or or uh, or Deb, you know this. Deb is Waka Waka's mom. Mm-hmm. Bimmy's his uncle. And so it's, it is it is funny, though, because it's like wholly removed, right? It's just two completely different uh, experiences almost that, what when you think about Waka Flocka and his career or whatever, and like this shit over here, it's just it's kind of fucking wild. I don't know. Like the, there are points where I, I'm watching this, I'm like, that's Waka's mama, man. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know what? It, you know what is ill too. It it lets you understand that like hip hop has saved so many people from you know our communities. You know what I'm saying? Like to have be become an executive at a corporation like Def Jam one of the most, to have founded Def Jam, if you're Russell Simmons, like all of these street dudes, all of these people that who knows what they would have had to resort to had it not been for the business of this black music and culture, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that's something that, you know, people need to understand too. Like these were the only avenues for these guys to be in corporations ever. These guys, Bimmy didn't go to nobody's college. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he's nobody's MBA. Like there would have been no other avenues for him to reach this type of success. Same with Deb Acne. Like same yeah. with his, his sister. You know, discovering artists like Nicki Minaj, et cetera, et cetera. Like there would have been no French. avenue for these people to become yeah. entrepreneurs and executives without this freaking art form and culture, man. It's crazy. And they applied everything that they learned in the streets and just took it over to the music industry, which in a lot of ways is the same thing anyway. You know, especially in terms of how deals go down, and I, I really, I really liked how they basically took everything Wise just said and they put it against the backdrop of you know America coming out of a Vietnam War, like the rise of the crack epidemic, and you know the overcriminalization of black communities, and you put all of that into a melting pot, and that's what birthed hip hop. But you know that that's also what birthed. Uh, the soundtrack for hip hop, which is the streets, which, yeah. you know, hip hop is the soundtrack of life, but the soundtrack of hip hop, it are these, are these characters in the streets, you know, these, 
you know, the Supreme team in, in, in Queens and, you know, uh, cats in Brooklyn doing their thing. Even, even dating all the way back to the early 70s with dudes like Melvin Combs, obviously that's Puffy's dad. Yeah. You know, all of these things are like intertwined and tied together. And I think, you know, I think the documentary does a good job tying up all the loose ends, but uh, yeah, you, you'll get trick trick a little later on. Though. His, his story is pretty wild. I, I, the other thing I thought was really interesting is how many photos and home videos these people kept over the years. Like I can't, yeah. I can't find shit from when I was twenty five, and that wasn't that long ago. These motherfuckers got the whole life documented. Big you out here fucking b- fighting people on the streets and shit. I'm like, how do they have tape of all of this? All of him with a. By the way, tell me he don't look like uh, Spice Adams. <laughs> with those short shorts yeah. and the socks. He looked yeah, a lot like Spice Adams with a Jerry Crow wig, but I was just surprised, man. Like, they got a picture of Preem and uh, uh, Bibby in a, and Curtis Blow. No, in the one in the car. Oh, the yeah, one, like, yeah, paparazzi yeah. shot. I'm yeah. like, how do y'all have this photo? Who found, like, who, who took it? Who developed it? Who kept it? Who found right. it? Right. It's just I, it, I'm, I'm staggered. And then same thing with the video. Uh, you know, when they talk about the, the brawl that happens at the concert at Long Beach mm-hmm. and how many different people were there, like Jermaine Dupree was there and yeah. Houdini was there and fucking run DMC and LL Cool J. And, and everyone's like, yeah, I remember that shit. And like Snoop Dogg was there as a kid, you know, watching it. And, and obviously Bimmy was there because he was on tour with these guys. And Big U was there because they're the one that's starting all that shit. And I'm just like. How do you, how's that happen, man? Like, I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's truly mind blowing that they have all that information. Some stuff is just beyond explanation, man. So it's just beyond explanation. But I'll tell you one thing. I would not want to fight big you in the eighties, man. That dude. Hell no. (laughs) He was brolic. Like, and man, his story, his story gets a little wild uh, towards the end as well. But so, so Trey just hopped on with us. What's good, Black Trey? Yo, what my up, guy. What up? what up, JT? What up? What's up, talk, talk to us, please, about Big U's reputation in the city of Los Angeles, as you know it. Uh, oh, okay, he's yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not the one. He's, he's, he's It's just nothing else. It's the one. You know what I'm saying? It's when you land and you try to make your rights of passage, right? Celebrity Waz, right? Waz is growing in LA. Sooner or later, you're going to have to see you. It's just, that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? And in that particular situation, whether you're blood or crip, he is that reputable. He has his hands in a lot of things. And although, you know, for a little bit, he sat down and he came home. Like a lot of people don't even know how Nipsey Hussle even got a chance to rap about what's going on in the streets. You was like, who is that? I don't even know him. Nip had Mm -hmm. to fight. He had to literally fight in the hood to even be able to rap about the 60s. Cause you're not about to make no money off that. So mm-hmm. like when you see brands putting out Paisley shit, North Face, Supreme, mm-hmm. all these motherfuckers and they're selling a blue bandana type shit. How can you compensate the Crips? It's so many in the United States of America. <laughs> how do you compensate this big business and not, you know, not pay? So you got white motherfuckers from suburbia buying a paisley red fucking puffer and you're wearing and you wondering why motherfucker getting robbed or socked out and don't even know the that people are dying for that for free so you know i think nipsey had a deal with pony or 
before Puma, it was, you know, it was, it was a deal that was supposed to be like the Crip shoe. And he's like, mm. I didn't sign off for that. Cause that's just not realistic that like right. a sample leaked. Right. And he's like, right, right. I can't make money off being a Crip. I can't like, that's, I couldn't make money off being a blood. It's just impossible because there's people, right. you have to pay a tax every city you go to. They be like, Oh, Justin. All right. You in LA? Man, I need a bag. Okay. You in Detroit? Mm-hmm. I need a bag. You in New York? I need a bag because you extraordinary culture, but for you, Chris Paul comes to the city. He's like, Hey, I'm nervous. You will make sure that shit. not like <laughs> nobody even looking at him, bro. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that's why you wonder why a guy out there acting, doing all this. It's probably hollered at you. They checked in. They checked in. And, and that just is what it is. You can't fight it. You can't fight it. You can't be one of these dudes coming to the city. Like that whole Takashi shit, he poking those somewhere. Cause that ain't, if, if they get win, you know the vibes. You know the vibes, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> that rainbow, that rainbow going to be in but the he's a, I'll just say this. <laughs> to, to, to protect you and everybody else, I'll say this. He's just a good guy to know. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. He's just a great guy to know. That's it. You just don't want to get I, on I his can't believe out. I can't believe yep. Takashi did that to Philly yesterday, man. That was crazy, Jerv. <laughs> bro, come first. Like first of all, he that didn't do crazy. it to Philly, bro. Like <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand how Meek is just Philly, bro. That was crazy. Son. That was crazy yesterday. He, he he heard the truce was over, boss. <laughs> 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 that was crazy, Jerv. Oh man, it'll be all right, yo. Meek me got me got a new song. What Meek? I think Meek just dropped the song today, and I think he has a diss record for Bull. So, so, so okay, I so, feel like so all this shit is just staged. That's what I say. That's what I first thing I watch it when everyone's like holding their phone and like hold me back. I was like, this is. Are we doing this? Are we really doing this? Honestly, like, Meek I is hate, nice, but he's he's not twenty four hour nice like I don't. That. I don't want to even talk about it to be honest with you because I know what it is. It's they're doing this shit so that they they get a buzz and then oh by the way I have a new album that's coming out. Oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> I hate rap. Fucking, I can't fucking lame. I Hold can't. up. Uh, Let me. Can I ask you this real fast? Because I feel like I'm the only one on this pod that didn't know. Because especially since Ten says he goes down the rabbit hole, so he probably knows literally everything that happened in the documentary. Like nothing was new. Y'all knew that the uh, New Jack City was based off of. Uh, like, why are you mad? Su- Supreme. <laughs> you mad at Tiz? Like he probably knows everything. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like I should. I feel like I, I feel like I should work. know this shit. Like I should Please. know. It. And Tiz yeah. out here stunting. Like yeah, I knew all this. No, shit. <laughs> I learned some new things in there as well. But you know, no, I mean, y'all I mean, knew the New Jack danger. City was based off of Supreme, though. I did not know that. I did no. not know that. All right, cool. All right, then we all in the same boat. Thank you. Woo! I was nervous. I thought I was lost on that one too. But it's it makes okay. sense. It it's makes okay, sense, bro. It's okay. You know? It's Nino okay to be free. it's okay to be lost in the sauce, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't nothing harder than talking about erectile dysfunction. I'm telling you. Isn't it ironic that the word hard describes the, the conversation about not being able to get hard? Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost me mojo. Or we avoid it altogether, excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey. I'm just not feeling it. But when I was a kid in the movies, they would say, I have a headache. That was how they say they, they, they couldn't or did not want to have sexual relations that night by saying they had a headache. You don't need to do that. And listen to me. You do not need to do that. Because with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. Check it out. With Roman, you get a free 
online evaluation, and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward. It's simple. It's discreet. You don't have to worry about going to some weird office and seeing all the other people there who are waiting for God knows what. You could do it all from your home. It's real simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. If approved, you'll get $15 off, one five. $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Hey, uh, so, because I know, Tins, you, you got to run soon. I do yeah. want to get your thoughts on uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Came Ooh. out on HBO Max. Uh, Keith Stanfield Tough. and Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, just Ooh. quick reactions off of what you saw. Man, if 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 that doesn't get all the awards, and I'm not I, I'm not placing value on awards to talk about the quality of a movie. I think we all know how incredible that film was, and I, I'm just very happy that the name Fred Hampton uh, is one getting the respect that he obviously deserves, um, and two, his story is, is is being told to the masses, man. Because I think a lot of people, you know, especially you know our age and maybe even younger, if they didn't take take the time to do their due diligence. I don't know if they knew Fred Hampton's name outside of the Jay-Z lyric. I was you out know? the loop. I'm not going to lie know? to you. Not, he, not who he was as a person, but yeah. just, I just wasn't really tapped in with the Panthers like that. You feel me? Like yeah. I knew who he was, but it was just like, that's my hard stop because yeah. for me, it just get me hot. And watching yeah, that movie, pretty- that's all that shit did was make me hot. Like I was just like, bro, I don't even, I'm not today. You. I'll tell you the shit that blew me away. I, I knew the basics of the story. Like mm-hmm. I knew what they were doing. I knew how he tried to unite all the different colors, the rainbow coalition and all that. And I knew FBI had an informant in there and he got killed. Didn't know the specifics, but the biggest thing that shocked me, I didn't know he was 21, man. 21. You watch all them, all them fucking speeches. And he said, that's a 21 year old dude who has that clarity and mm-hmm. that, uh, grasp of the big picture to go over to the like the rednecks with the Confederate flag and, and and like recruit them basically and saying hey man it's a socioeconomic uh struggle mm-hmm. and they're pitting us against one another and they're eating at the top I was that blew my mind a 21 year old had that that wherewithal man hey you, he can sell you, he can sell snot salt to a snail like they said bro yeah now nah, he, he had to gift the gab and uh, y'all, y'all just mentioned it, but I th- it, the, the thing that really got him killed was just the fact that, like, obviously at the end of Martin Luther King's life, he was really talking about a lot of that same stuff too, as mm-hmm. where it's like, yo, we don't mm-hmm. need, we don't need to be in Vietnam. These black people, these white people, everybody else, we need to come together for a common good. And even, uh, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, even the last couple of weeks of Malcolm X's life, he was like, all right, mm-hmm. I've been doing this wrong a little bit, so. Once mm-hmm. you start to try to unite everybody, that's when the governor's like, oh, no, we got to put a bullet in this dude. Like, because nah. they're, they're, that's just a different I, I, type of power. So th- that's, I watched the movie this morning. Um, I was deeply moved, obviously, by just, the movie has a lot of style to it and visual flair that I, I did not expect to have, right? Like, 
I don't know. Like, I just wasn't expect. Like, it's shot so cool and beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so incredibly shot. But like, they delve kind of into the guy's politics, but like, they they don't hit you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And they they do a great job of explaining what this guy's life and message and mission was. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm high off of the people. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where there's people, there's power. Like he's when he when he walks into that spot and he's like, yo, yeah, your people were sharecroppers, um, aka overseers. Imagine what would have happened if we would have just slit master's throat. Right. Mm-hmm. right I was right. like, yo, they're really putting the message out there in this right. damn movie. All them white people in our room had the Weebay look. They were like, they was like, yo. <laughs> Yo, man, obviously Daniel Kaluuya is just an amazing performer. Um, just goosebumps. Um, just it was crazy watching him perform. And Lakeith's job was different because he's playing a horrible, shysty person. That's another thing that I enjoyed yeah. about the movie. Yeah. Um, absolutely savage yeah. the pigs. He they played killed the, the cops that in that damn movie, bro. Yeah. yeah. Yo, uh, another, the, the, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Justin. Just one more thing. Like another thing that, um, obviously I knew about this and I knew the extent, but to see it on 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 film, j- just to see how deeply, you know, what I mean, they, they had all of these informants within the Panther part party, and mm-hmm. seeing how deeply it ran, that like that that was really that made the hairs on my arm stand up because I knew they were infiltrated a lot, but then to actually see it and put names with faces and understand different situations, that, that, that shit was crazy, man. So, so I, I did, I did my researches after I watched this, I watched the eyes on the prize documentary mm. Mm. Uh, with the with William O'Neill, the real William O'Neill in it. And yeah, this nigga's a terrible human being. He's just bad. He's at, he's just a, he just sat. He literally sat there trying to justify everything. Yeah, he tried to make it shit justify, like it was lit. Like, like they, they've got that little clip at the end where they, where he says, mm-hmm. "How are you going to be remembered?" But the whole time he's saying, "Well, I thought the Panthers were doing good, but when they were talking about like we got to do it by any means necessary, that's when I thought they crossed the line and they were putting more black people in danger and stuff." I, like the shit he's saying in there, I'm like. Yeah, man. Now I, I know why you killed yourself as soon as this thing went out because he he it just like I can't he, I can't call it brainwash because you could tell as he's saying it, nigga. You don't even believe that shit, right? Yeah, he's and so the talking I, points. I watched. Yeah, I watched an uh, interview with Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield said after I did this role, I had to go into therapy because wow. it fucked me yeah. up so much. He said, first of all, there were times he's doing this like, should I be doing this? Should I even be doing this? Because like. Like I'm in this role. I'm, I have a, as a actor, I have a duty to kind of portray it as real as possible. And he says, part of that is like kind of, there is a level of humanizing William O'Neill in this movie, right? Yeah. Like, that there is a conflict within him on some of this shit. And he doesn't know which way to go. And he's having the nightmares about getting shot and all that. But he's like, even within that, he's like, yo, am I supposed to be doing this shit? Should I be doing this shit? And he said in the future, when he has to do a role like this, He's like, I'm going to do the therapy before and during, not just <laughs> after I got out. Um, Sh- Shaka, um, what Shaka, Shaka King yeah. is, is Shaka the King. director. That's his second movie. My his God. first movie was a movie called Newlyweeds. I peeped it. About he the entered it, Yes. Yeah, he yeah, entered it into Sun. 
Hey, he entered into Sundance. It cost him six figures to make with the investors and stuff. Went to Sundance, didn't get a look anywhere. They ended up selling for 25 grand to a Canadian distributor. So this dude, like Sundance, really broke his heart because all the buyers, if you guys don't know, they go to Sundance, buyers go to find the next big thing, right? Uh, that's where Get Out got sold and all, all these like semi-indie movies. They get picked up by a buyer, and then uh, it, it gets distribution. And all the buyers are telling him, well, you need famous black people to make a black movie. You can't make a black movie with unknowns. Wow. So he was like distraught. He was like, yo, like my whole life was put into doing this. And there was only one other black director at Sundance that year. He kept seeing them every day. So on the final day, they were like, yo, let's link up and like grab a drink and talk. The other director was Ryan Coogler. Wow. Who's there for, for Fruitvale Station? So Ryan's wow. Sundance was like amazing because like, everyone was like, Oh, this is a, this is a great movie, da, da da. And they connected from there and then they became friends. And that's why Ryan Coogler is the producer on this shit because he actually had the idea for this, uh, Shaka King did very early on, very like maybe wow. 2014, 2015. He had the idea for this movie and they have to rewrite it, rewrite it. And then they had a screening and they, they showed it. To like the the OG uh, black uh, filmmakers Ava DuVernay and um, uh, C McQueen and all that, and then they gave him notes, and he said because he he was an outsider, like he wasn't in this circle. He said I had to learn, like Ryan taught me how to take the note behind the note, mm. and I thought that was just a cool like little term, the note behind the note, meaning they're gonna give you feedback, but it'll never be the actual direct feedback they're going to couch it in a certain way and you got to be able to read between the lines um let's see what daniel kaluuya oh i saw an interview with fred hampton jr uh who was obviously uh, an activist and he's in chicago uh i will say this his father's gift of gab did not <laughs> did not translate <laughs> That's not no, fair of me. Come no, on, I'm just man. saying one of my the man. greatest orators of <laughs> right. i know but i mean could you be good can you be I mean, least, I mean, mean but, I mean, but at the end of the day, who who is just as sick as they pops when it comes when you if your pops that <laughs> ill, how how, how far does the apple fall from Trey. the tree? Look very, at, very far, apparently. It rolls. He's, he's saying at least Marcus Jordan with D1. Nah, 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 because niggas hate him too, bro, with that bullshit ass release he did. Nah, watch out. Um, oh, I get it. Stall, stall homie out. You know what I'm nah, saying? But, but, he ain't but, asked no, for that name. But Fred Hampton Jr. is doing he doing he's doing the work. I like that's un, undeniable. And and uh that was one of the questions the interviewer asked Daniel Kaluuya. If Fred Hampton were alive today, how do you think he'd feel about all this stuff he's seeing? Black Lives Matter and yeah. all the things that's happening. And yeah, Daniel Kaluuya Daniel Kaluuya gave the greatest answers. Like, how how am I supposed to know this man with a brilliant mind like that that at 21 looked at the world? the way it was mm -hmm. now you give him the benefit of 50 years of reading and listening to other people. And like, who knows where that genius would have gone. Um, you know, with that, that with yeah, that movie right. as well, I, I, I definitely got to give a shout out to, uh, what's the old girl's name? Oh, Dominique Fishback. She played yeah. obviously, uh, Deborah, the, yeah. yeah, Deborah. She played the hell out of that Did role. Bro. She, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't give her enough praise, man. She, I mean, all the roles were great. But all the roles are great, and I'm surprised. Everyone talk about Daniel Kaluuya, and he did a great job. But I'm yeah. surprised that the conversation is centered around him, because yeah. Lakeith Stanfield, 
fucking knocked it out the park, man. I think like the nervous, the nervous ticks. Mm-hmm. Like, I think really, I mean the reason why that he gets it because most people are like, this is the Fred Hammond movie. I mean the Fred, the Fred Hampton movie. Yeah. Hampton movie. Sorry. Yeah. And they just hung. It just it's hung on that line. Mm-hmm. So right. whoever played that part, that's who's gonna get the flowers on that. Trey, let me Trey, let me ask you a question. After watching it, do you still feel like this is the Fred Hampton movie? Cause I kind of felt like walked towards like this is kind of the William O'Neill movie. Yeah, yeah, it was more so on the flip side, but also you gotta think about it in the title, Judas. Yeah, I mean, come on, I mean, we it, it's self apparent, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if you know the Bible, you know about Judas, and you know you, you at least associate. There's gonna be some trait betrayal in this, and who is the who is the traitor? And in this situation, it was William O'Neill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you really think about it, yeah, but. I mean, you know, Pins, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, I, I felt like it was just as much a William O'Neill movie as well. But when we talk about Fred Hampton, there's no way to talk about Fred Hampton without talking about William O'Neill's actions because his actions right. directly led to his death. It, it'd be trying to, it's like trying to do a Malcolm X movie without talking about his split with the Nation of Islam. Like we know right. it happened, and we know right. how impactful it was. So uh, I, I, I didn't think any less of the movie. Um, I, again, I thought it did a great job just bringing to light who Fred Hampton was and what he was really about. And again, we've all hammered home this same fact that the dude was 21 years old. I was, so I, I, I'm still not the smartest man in the world, but at 21, I was probably, I was an idiot. Look, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know y'all be going hard on my man Tupac, but <laughs> well, you, you missed the, the Pac slander. Oh, you missed the punch. I'm, I'm sure, man. Don't be disrespectful. Tinsley didn't even, even deny it. Didn't but it but here's the thing. You think about guys like Biggie. You think about guys like Tupac. You think about Fred Hampton. Anybody that was taken too early and have left a crazy impact that still has lasted over 20-some years, those yeah. people special, bro. Yeah. They special because it can't be... It, to a point, it can't be mimicked. It can't mm-hmm. be written in a book to say, all right, I'm going to be like this. You know what? I'm going to train this person up to be like this. You know what I'm saying? Because when they off this earth, they impact still rain. Like, again, Nipsey was here for 33 years. You look at the situation and his impact and still going on down the line. Like, again, not to go off topic, but what it feels like was done eight years ago. Yeah. Like eight years ago. And mm-hmm. the fact that he can get that, like somebody can be like, uh, you know, not and not even ride the wave on like, oh, we just thirsty for a Nipsey verse, but it still gave that like, oh, did he record that last year or the year before last before he passed? Instead of like, you know, hold here in five years and be like, all right, we're gonna get up eventually. I'm gonna give you a verse, right? And you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I agree, certain, man. Certain individuals that just that just leave a mark. You feel me? And Versus, that's why- people you know, popping later in their life. You know what I'm saying? You know the people that's, hey, he was 40 and he became a billionaire. And it's like yeah. all those type of stories versus the niggas that was really cracking at mm-hmm. 19, 20. And you looking at them like, how? Yeah. How? I'm still trying to figure out my life, nigga. I'm like, and, and And another thing that we do, we do need to say, um, you know, this guy was literally executed by the United States government. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The government. Yeah, I... I didn't know about the poisoning. I I knew he got shot. I didn't know he was already poisoned. That's so deep. Freaking government at war with his own fucking citizens, bro. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. I spoke to uh, 
Craig Hodges last summer because I was working on a story about Craig Hodges. And obviously we know about his role within like social activism and the voice that he's had for the, the better part of shit, 40 years at this point. He told me himself when he was born in 1960. So when uh, he's from the Chicago land area, yeah. he was oh, like okay. that, that one, that murder uh, uh, between uh, Fred Hampton and, and Mark Clark, that single-handedly sent his life on a different course. Cause he was like, you know, I'm, I'm nine at the time, but they were 21. He was like, if they can dedicate their lives to the people and try to make the world a better place, then I need to be doing that as well. But his vessel just turned out to be basketball and, you know, in, in, in his case. And I, I just think about, you know, it, it, in terms of the, the annals of history, it, it definitely before this movie, you know, Fred Hampton's not on the, 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 the upper echelon, the, where the, the Malcolm X's and the Martin Luther right. King's live. But like this movie, it, it, it I think, you know, even for, for somebody like my mom, like she was alive when Fred Hampton got killed and she knew about Fred Hampton. She understands who he is, but she didn't know all of this was going on. And she was shit, almost 15 at the time when, you know, when he got killed. And so th that's the, the beautiful part about black history is that it, it oftentimes it is painful, but you, you see how we've changed the world. Like this man yeah. changed the world and he was at, at the time of his death, he was just allowed to legally drink if he, if he chose to, you know if what I mean? Chose to, right? If he chose That's, to. That was and, the other thing that William O'Neill was talking about, man. He said they tried to get dirt on him so many different ways. They tried to catch him doing drugs, like messing around with women, womenizing, mm -hmm. drinking, like any way to discredit him. And he said he was so clean. We couldn't like Bruh. we literally couldn't. It is a special place in hell for J. Edgar Hoover, bro. Like he, that man had been He's trying to evil. kill. He is, yeah, he is the literal interpretation evil. of evil. Yo, I evil. like the part that he highlighted. Um, his mom used to babysit him until, mm. like, so when you said, you know what I mean, like Craig Hodges being affected by that, think about yeah. the events that kind of got him probably like, you know, yeah. I keep this, I keep this editorial of Emmett Till's, you know. Basically, yeah. the, the pictures of him being, yeah. you know, kind of in the situation. Yeah. And Man, they really savaged the pigs in this movie, bro. <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> about that, bro. <laughs> like, that shit made me, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Pigs Dog, facts. They, they, de they deserved it. And like, the, the stuff that, like when they burned the, uh, the, the building down, when they purposely oh, burned, you know, I, I was so mad with that. And I'll tell but, you what I, what I didn't know, and I'll just say this, I mean, like at the very end, obviously they had shot up the house. I did not know old boy walked right up on him and shot him point blank. Like he was already yeah. dead at that point. Yeah. I was like, yeah. bro, that is. Yeah. That's, see, that's the thing. Like the details is the shit that, that this is what great about a movie like that. It gives you the details. Cause I know mm -hmm. they sh he got shot, but I always figured it was kind of like the earlier scene where it was a shootout mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and he got shot in that. I didn't realize he was dying in bed from poisoning that yeah. they're giving him earlier and they walked up and he's like, oh, he's almost dead. Psh, now he's dead. Like at that part. And you know, again, that's not dramatization because I watched the eyes on the prize doc and Deborah, the real Deborah talks. So all of that stuff is her recollection. Basically saying mm -hmm. wow. I'm walking out and all I'm thinking about as I'm walking out is don't trip, don't stumble, don't fall because any sudden movement movement, they'll shoot yeah. you. I didn't even close my robe. She said, because I was worried that my, movement would 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 throw them off and she said i heard an unfamiliar voice say he's here 
uh, he, he doesn't like he doesn't look in good shape. And then a little bit later, he says, I hear that same unfamiliar voice at the gunshot say he's dead now. De- good and dead or whatever, whatever the, the lines in the movie, the number of stuff, because when I watch the eyes on a prize, a lot of the movie is based on it. Mm-hmm. And those are direct quotes, man. Even the way dude talking about uh, him stealing the car and getting picked up by the FBI, like it's almost verbatim. That, yeah, that's what he did. That's exactly I, how it happened. I, look, you know, I, I appreciate it. When these movies come out, there's always a level of like, hey, man, it's Hollywood. We got to, you know, like I remember in. Uh, well, it's in One Night in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. One Night in Miami or like even Malcolm X. Like I remember I, I read the book before I watched the movie <laughs> and then watching the movie. I'm like, who's this guy? Like Spike Lee's character. That's not a real person or whatever. He had to get that off though. Shouts to Spike. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. Shouts to Spike. We ain't gonna do that. That, that. Br- that brother's starving. That brother. <laughs> first of all, that brother's starving. I and love get your hand on my pocket, nigga. It's two of the greatest <laughs> ad libs that you could have added to that, any that movie. That brother's bro. starving. I that love how that starving. line has, has made a resurgence over the past couple of months. That brother's yeah. starving. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, in jail, Malcolm X's brother was the one that got him to convert. In the movie. It's some dude. Yeah. It's some guy who's a, some random Muslim. So, like, to watch this movie and then watch that documentary afterward and realize, fuck, they they stayed true to the source material as much as humanly possible right. was, I mean, just tremendous, tremendous work by by Shaka King and by Ryan Coogler and all the other people responsible there. 2021, mental health is finally a thing. So many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. Therapy helps, and it doesn't have to be sitting around just talking about your feelings. So what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. You can talk privately to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with stress or you're having relationship issues. Whatever you need. It's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now... You don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Black Opinions Matter listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash B-O-M. That's BetterHelp.com slash B-O-M. Right, did you guys get a chance to watch that Dave Chappelle uh, yes. thing on, on yeah, Instagram? Yes. Yo, I love I love Chappelle, man. I think he's brilliant. I think he's the best or whatever. But there's a butt coming. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I, I mean, he's been on his butt since last time. It's like you signed a contract, so let me hear. Yeah, it. I, I was waiting on like, it. No, because because he's like he's he's talking about people like me who saying you signed a contract, but he's talking again, even as he got his shit back, he's talking as an artist who acts like he don't understand how business works, and even within him getting his rights back, he still doesn't understand that he is not talking from the typical standpoint of an artist. Meaning, Dave Chappelle can put out an Instagram video tell everybody to stop watching my shit. And that shit'll work. Mm-hmm. That's not because they were wrong 
to sign him to that deal. That's because he wields a power that 99.99999% of artists could not do. And I'm not even talking about, oh, the comedian that no one's heard of. I'm talking even the, the biggest of the, the big names. Can't yeah, do what just, he did. Just in general, a lot of people ain't going to yeah. get that office with you. Yeah, they can't, they can't do that, man. They can't do that. And so my thing from the beginning wasn't, well, you shouldn't have signed the deal. My thing was always tense was that Dave Chappelle didn't sign that deal as a 19-year-old who oh, eyes wide. Oh, my God, this is the big time. He signed that deal knowing he could pick up the phone and call Eddie Murphy. He could pick up the phone and call uh, Chris Rock and say, hey, guys, do y'all think this is a good deal? Should I hold out? Should I not do this? You, I mean, Bro, you like he's trying to paint a picture of him being a naive child. You were 29 years old with big friends all throughout comedy in Hollywood. They could at least advise you. So don't act like, oh, I was just a child taking advantage of and this monstrous machine. Because the monstrous machine does take advantage of people who decide them to yeah. fucked up deals because they don't have Eddie Murphy on speed dial to ask, hey, is, is this possible? And so I just thought it was just kind of like, bro, why are you trying to paint yourself as a little guy when the whole story starts and begin ends with you were already established you're obviously way more established now that's why you were capable of doing those things now everyone's gonna call me a coon right you set it up hey that's say you threw it off the glass for these motherfuckers to, to windmill that shit but My, all of, overall go ahead tense no nah, but th- th- he said he had a line in there he was like i want to thank y'all for helping me get my shit back and i'm like well uh you gonna break us off with a little bit of something you know what right <laughs> thank like, you for doing my job thank you for helping me out you know my, like, reward, my reward to you is you get to watch it now yeah. that you could have done anyway i mean just i don't know I, I, like i find a lot of him i find uh the martyr dave Chappelle, the martyr a little just too over the top man like woe is me and oh my god and like bro you you're all right man you good I, you know the, the whole contract thing didn't, didn't really rub me the wrong way I, I i felt some type of way about it but i was like eh, it's whatever the whole the, the opening monologue where he was talking about uh him catching covid and he was like you know but you know it's the people on you know yeah. the the small crowd, however you, yeah. you however you described it, he was like, "Yeah, they're celebrating." I'm like, "Well, for one, you you can't pay attention to people on Twitter with like eight numbers in their username. Right. Like, just don't right. listen to that crowd." Four but five he, four four. You know, like, but I'm also <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, Dave, but also, bro, like, you be out here like at at venues, no masks anywhere, around like tons of people like hugged up on them. Like, it, it's it was going to happen. The law averages stated it was going to happen, Dave. So like, just. Just take it as it take it on the chin. I'm glad you're okay. But his 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 part about the the you know white people, the nigga moment, the the capital riot. I thought yeah. that was that yeah, was that was that was, was Dave at, at his best. And I wish he would like focus more on that type of stuff because as he does more of these streams of consciousness, because they're not even stand up comedies anymore. They're right. just streams of comp- consciousness with the uh, with the joke uh, sprinkled in there every now and then. I think that's where he's at his best when he's talking about that. To me, that, that but but like you hear what you said, Tiz. You just said when you talk about shit that's not your personal life and how woe is you, woe is me. I caught COVID. Woe is me. I like I uh, I my contract sucks. Woe is me. Like that shit. I'm like that's that's not your brilliance. That's you feeding the sycophants, the people in the crowd who, no matter what you say, they just want to worship it, right? And to me, his brilliance is like when you're talking about shit that applies to everybody else. It reminds me of, do you guys remember Martin Lawrence's 
stand up, run, tell that. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Yeah. You love that shit? Like, to me, that was the worst because it's like, rather than him do. Yeah, it was trash because all trash. he did was complain about his life. Oh, and they and they had that's me. That's the second and I was, one, right? Yeah, that's I the one. That I was laughing. I, I ain't. Nah, that I, shit was I, I was. I like. The nigga I was, was crying you. the whole time, man. Like, I'm like, stop crying. Years. Yeah. Stop crying. Nobody. Nobody I mean, cares. I, I about mean, how, niggas, how, niggas, we don't want people cry. I feel you. <laughs> so rich people, rich people don't cry. Okay. Don't cry. Just not. No. Don't camera. sell me. Don't sell me your crying. Sell yeah. me your comedy. <laughs> sell me your social commentary. Don't sell me, oh, they're treating me so bad. I'm like, I don't care, bro. You live in a great house. You live in a, <laughs> like, you're not, you're not struggling. Like, Cat Williams can do that shit because that nigga getting his ass beat by 12-year-olds. By I'll buy, <laughs> like, when Cat Williams tells me his struggle shit, I listen to that shit. I'm well, like, yeah. there goes our Cat Williams feature. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, there goes Cat Williams. We won't get him. Size to follow me back. No, no, I get it. I mean, yeah, niggas is crying too much, and they can wipe as he showed in the video. Him wiping his money. Like, yo, and it's not even that, yo. Like your life isn't fair, or that you don't go through struggles. It's just as a normal person, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Like, not as content. Yeah, not not like now. Now if. You tell it in the David Letterman interview. Oh man, that's cool. That's the side of Dave. I didn't know. Blah blah blah. That's cool. But like when it's sold to us as content, like, bro, like I'm that I'm not looking. Yeah, I'm what you want me to do with that? that. Yeah. yeah, like oh man, like 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 what I said, like Dave Chappelle got his rights back and now he gets paid an accurate amount and a fair amount for yeah, we did it. Wait, what did we what do we get? Right. <laughs> nigga, I could I could have watched that shit at any time on HBO Max. I was doing you a favor. I could <laughs> I didn't I listen because I like Dave and I want him to get his money, but like right. that shit doesn't that you know that don't make me eat, you know. For sure. Anyways. Shouts to Dave. We can all watch the comedy special again. Yeah. That means now, um, the sketch show again. Yeah, now, 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 I'm, I'm I just got to find out. It's so hard to watch like season sets like that. I can't watch it straight through from start to beginning. I like how they run Fresh Prince or Martin where you just got random ass episodes. And I wish <laughs> Netflix did some shit like that where they had a random button where they could pick the episode for you, where you got a shuffle. Of yeah, the, about to say, yeah, a shuffle. Yeah, that'd be dope. Cause you know the shuffle, you know when you turn on, you like ah, oh, I just came home from a spot or whatever, right? Jerry, you come home from work, you turn on TV, Wayne's Brothers on. You're not gonna be like, I, right, I'm gonna watch season one, episode one. You're right. gonna be like, I, right, damn, this is the episode with TC and some other shit. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Kevin yeah. Garnett on this episode, or or it's fucking Jingle 2000, and you're like, great <laughs> because it fits. Versus, there's no build up in those shits. You feel me? So. Yo, can I be real? Um, I feel like I shouldn't say this during Black History Month, especially Uh-oh. now with my uh, with my background. Oh, yo, I never watched the random ass Martin or any of them episodes. You know what I watch? What I watch the Office and uh, Seinfeld. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> like I don't make it, making a white man Black richer. Carter. <laughs> Black Carter report, look, look at look at that look at that index hand. That's that index finger that's bent. That's that hand you represent. <laughs> now don't get it twisted. You see this, Jerv, right here? 
Throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> no mas. That black That's card it. is gone, bro. I don't care how many spades games you done played. Uh, nice to see you, by the way. Love, love, uh, love, bro. Love that you're wearing a cringe. Jerv is going to miss the next three games due to uh, shucking and jiving, you know. <laughs> you had contact, that nigga had contact tracing with white people. <laughs> and I say that as somebody who loves the office, man, but... <laughs> Yeah, I nah, think I watched you know, every episode Jerv, this entire pandemic. Jerv, real talk, I've been binging Always Sunny in Philadelphia, man, from season one, episode one. <laughs> Is that fire? Fire. No, I've never fire. seen it. This, nah, I'm going yeah, to tell you, I, I'm gonna tell you nah. why it's fire. You're wild and Jerv. It is fire. And I'm going to tell you Great why. show, Jerv. Most show... That's Most the shit shows with Danny are DeVito, funny, right? Y'all, yeah, yeah. Okay. Once again, y'all don't. All right, know go shit back to about... watching Friends, Jerv. Yeah, right, yeah. Never, never no, seen no, an episode no, of Friends, no, bro. No, don't no, do that no. to me, bro. Don't do that. Always yeah. Sunny is not good from a Philadelphia standpoint because it's not oh. fucking realistic. It's not realistic. Oh, he it, oh. Yo, the first, the first episode, the first episode, they go to Temple to the Black Student Union. <laughs> like the first <laughs> episode, bro. Yo, I'm gonna tell you right now. Most comedies that have been on for a while, like. They usually take a season or two to get their get their like legs, right? Like if you watch season one of Seinfeld, if you watch season one of Fresh Prince, if you watch season one of any of these great comedies, it's a little rough, especially after you've gotten accustomed to watching the other shit. Yeah. Always Sunny from episode one. These motherfuckers came out the gate they on go. 10. Oh my <laughs> god. I watched the first couple of seasons, like the first two or three. Bro, and then it I'm got it got you. weird. It got too weird for me. Oh man, no, that's 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 where it gets good. All right, man. Speaking of weird, let's Tinsley's got to run. Tins, go ahead and, and pump whatever uh, stuff you got out there. I know we talked about and doing outside earlier. the lines around the horn. He's a fucking TV star now. <laughs> you know, you stand up. This face belongs on the Tizub, as my man Martin Lawrence <laughs> once said. Nah, man, I'm just working on that. I definitely got some 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 bigger pro- projects long term. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not like you you yeah. tweeted it, so it's not like you can keep yeah, this a no. secret. I, I'll tell y'all what it is once we stop recording, only because I, oh. I'm not allowed to say what it is about this yet. But yeah, I'm working on that, and I'm working on a uh, on a podcast as well. So, oh, you know, there you go, man. Yeah, so oh, you know, some like narrative driven type stuff, not like, hey, uh, KD <laughs> dropped thirty last night. Here's my hot take. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I, people are Leave better that at that to than the I experts, am. fam. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> working on that, but yeah, man, just trying to trying to stay safe and stay healthy out this bitch. You know what I mean? So. All right, dope. Well, thanks a lot, Tense, for joining us. This has been Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. Y'all stay black out there, motherfuckers. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> hey, Rob. Yo, I mean. What's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget <laughs> to name a couple of things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the Stereo app. That's right. Go to Stereo.com slash Darth Amin and make sure you are linked and subscribe to us. And we're going to talk about all of the different things 
that I always forget about. This is a great app. Every time you guys are listening to this pod, you say, oh, I wish I could chime in. But you're listening to our pod. You can never chime in. It's pre-recorded. Guess what? With stereo, you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and our, yours truly all at the Count the Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We're going to do this regularly multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo. Download the app. Subscribe. Follow Darth the Mean. Follow Talk Hoops. Follow Trayvon. Follow Big Waz. All of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the stereo app. You will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit, as we are frequently. And, of course, catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love. Again, that is the Stereo app. And you can follow me, Stereo.com slash Darth Amin. You can look up everybody else by their handles. Their handles are all the same as what we have on social media. You can join us multiple times a week. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.